You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Second and six of the Packers nine. Jacobs marshals out of the backfield slot right. Empty set for Garoppolo. Shotgun snap. Quick throw. Over the middle. It's caught. Touchdown, Myers. A quick slant to Jacoby. And he leans across the goal line. Touchdown, Raiders. On a beautiful drive. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. Q. There you go. You hear it coming in. Touchdown, Myers. How appropriate. I like that. My man Ari working it, making the magic work. He must be trying to get a day off or something, trying to butter up. Touchdown, Myers. I'll take that. Now, that was a Jacoby Myers, not a Q Myers. A Jacoby Myers touchdown right there. Jason Horowitz on the call. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. As always, my man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, holding it down, make it do what it do, and I am on location. I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm in Henderson off of Eastern. Can't miss it. Uh, we already have some Raider Nation represented in the building, so uh, come on by. Hang out with us. we got a bunch of T-shirts. we got a bunch of tickets to give out. Got a lot of prizes for you. And, of course, it's Friday. I tell you, each and every Friday, no matter what the location is, work is overrated. Just leave. You know, you're already preparing for the weekend. You already know what's going down. You know what time it is. Just leave work. It's overrated. And I say that, and I promise you that everyone inside the building uh, at our radio station practices that. Everybody practices that. I was over at the Intermountain Health Performance Center earlier today to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels around 10:15. After he was done, I made a beeline to the radio station, and boy, I had any choice of parking spot I wanted. <laughs> you get there about eight o'clock in the morning, it's it's slim pickings, man. There's not a lot of parking spots there, but boy, by 10:15, 10:30, maybe even 10:45, I could have parked anywhere. I could have parked sideways. I could have parked any all different kind of way. Everyone knew it was Friday, and we're going to get up out of here. And so that's what you should do wherever you're at, at your job. Go ahead and open up some parking spots. Just say, hey, I'm doing something good for my country. I'm opening up some parking spots for others that may need to park here and get out of there and come on hang out with us. Buffalo Wild Wings in Henderson right off of Eastern. You cannot miss us. Harry Ruiz just wrapped up his show. Uh, He was doing it on Deportes, 1460 AM, our Spanish station, and uh, he does a fantastic job as always. He's here meeting and greeting with folks, and uh, I'll be here at least until 5 o'clock. So, again, Come on by, hang up with us, and uh, this is the final show for the week, and we'll prepare for Raiders-Patriots Allegiant Stadium Week 6 action, 105 kickoff. Of course, you can hear the game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, of course, we got to go out with a bang, right? We've got a big show lined up for you, excited about all the guests that we have. Of course, always excited to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R. Starting off in about, I don't know, eight minutes from now, opening drive, we'll have Christopher Price from the Boston Globe Sports, uh, also Patriots Report on Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Christopher does a fantastic job covering the Patriots, so we'll get one more preview on the New England Patriots, and first and foremost, they have seven guys that they ruled out as far as uh, not going to be available on Sunday. Seven guys are out, already ruled out for uh, Sunday. That is a lot of dudes. That's a lot of dudes that they're missing. And I know everyone's not a star, but when you have seven guys already ruled out on Friday, that's a big deal. So we'll talk all things Patriots with Christopher Price from the Boston Globe coming up at uh, about 2.10 to kick us off for the opening drive. At 3 o'clock, our good friend Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He's uh, actually up in Reno getting ready to uh, check out UNLV in Reno for the Battle of the Fremont Cannon. But, of course, he'll be back in time for uh, Sunday's game, Raiders and Patriots. So we'll talk a little UNLV in Reno uh, as he is a UNLV proud alum. 
So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Fremont Cannon, and then, of course, we'll deep dive into the silver and black and see what he expects from this game as the Raiders have an opportunity to win a second game in a row, to get their first win streak of the 2023 season. Paul Gutierrez will join us at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, normally Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joins us at 4.30, but we're going to push him up a little bit early. He's going to join us to go over some money lines, uh, talk about some games, talk a little college ball with him, and talk some NFL action with him as well. He always has to tell us about the Raiders game. Always has to tell us the Raider game, and I believe right now the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites, maybe three, uh, going into this game. So we'll see what uh, Lee thinks about the Raiders and Patriots. And like I said, we'll dip our toes into some college ball as well as some good college games going on this weekend. So Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joins us at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, our good friend Tyler Dragon from USA Today Sports. He'll join us just to talk all things NFL. And boy, oh boy, week, week six got underway last night, Thursday night football. Uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos, and man, the Broncos look bad. Not that there was a question if they were bad or not, but they look bad, right? My man Harry Douglas on ESPN, he does a segment called That Boy Bad, and it's awesome. It's a great segment. Well, he needs to do a segment, or maybe I should do a segment and say, that team is bad, right? <laughs> because, man, Denver looks rough. Russell Wilson threw for 95 yards, 95 yards for the whole game, as they lost 19-8, to and it really should have been a, a bloodbath, but – the Chiefs, for some reason, couldn't do anything in the red zone. They were like one for five in the red zone. So they get the victory. They improved to one and five. And the Broncos are the exact opposite. They're one and five. So they're not looking good at all. They released Frank Clark this morning, so he's out there available. They just look like they're a team that's going to go ahead and, and purge everything, purge that roster, and uh, see what's left at the end of the season. And who knows where they end up uh, selecting in the upcoming draft. Uh, but that's not till April. And, you know, obviously we'll start to get a better idea about that later on. But. It just feels like this whole Sean Payton and, and Russell Wilson thing is going to come to a close sooner rather than later. They just do not look like they're on the same page. I think the best thing that came out of last night's game, I mean, there's really not a whole lot because the game wasn't even really exciting. When it's 19-8, you know it's not really exciting. I think that the best thing that came out of last night's game is the fact that I was able to come up with some plays off of Sean Payton's uh, play, play sheet. Uh, Amazon Prime, if you are watching Thursday Night Football, they, they uh, zoomed in on Sean Payton and he was calling a play and you saw the whole backside of his, uh, his play call sheet. So uh, my favorite play is nudge double quail. So I spent all night last night saying that on the radio. Nudge double quail. Nudge double quail. <laughs> like, like I know what the hell that means. I have no idea what any of these plays on his play sheet mean, but I was still yelling it out because, well, I got to play. The only play I knew on his whole play sheet that I understood was quarterback sneak, which is converse. Okay, so that's a quarterback sneak. And then clock it. And that's obvious. <laughs> clock it. Okay, I understand what that one means. But, uh, yeah, I like the, I like the, double, the double nudge one. I, that one's cool. I like that. It just sounds cool. Nudge double quail. <laughs> Everyone at Buffalo Wild Wings like, what the hell is this dude talking about? Hey, look, I'm just calling out the play. It's on their play sheet, not mine. I might call it out a few more times throughout the course of the, of the, uh, the show, though. Why not, right? So Tyler Dragon, USA Today, uh, he'll talk all things NFL with us at 4 o'clock. Then in studio, not here, but in studio, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, we'll have another visit from Patty Davidson, uh, Bet Money Honey podcast. She's been on the show multiple times. She'll be in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio with my man Ari. Again, I'm here at Buffalo Wild Wings, so I can't be there, but she's a good friend of the show, so that's why we pushed Lee Sterling up to 3.30. We'll have Patty Davidson join us in studio at 4.30, kind of closing out the show and again we're going to be here at buffalo wild wings on eastern 
all the way up until 5 o'clock and maybe a little bit afterwards as well. Plenty of TV action, great food going on, uh, great specials, uh, all kind of prizes here on the table. Coors Light hooked us up, so we've got a lot of good stuff. Oh, man, I got this is mine. i got to keep this. Buffalo Wild Wings gave us a, a baseball, and I'm not even going to give this thing away. I don't know why I like these little squishy toy whatever things, but I'm keeping this for myself. So unless you really want it, <laughs> if you come here and you say, Q, I really want that Buffalo Wild Wing baseball, then I'll give it to you. But if not, your boy is taking it home. Right, I'm just saying. I got a, uh, I have a summer league basketball one that's just like this at the house. I have a little Raider football one that's just like this at the house. So now it looks like I have a Buffalo Wild Wing baseball one, unless someone comes and says they, they really want it. And then I have some UNLV tickets, all kind of good stuff. Bottle openers, Raider Nation. Are these? Oh, these are. Oh, they are Raider Nation Radio 920 bottle openers. When did we get these? When did we get these? How did I not know we had these? What's really going on? All right, did you know that we had these prizes? I did not. I, man, look, the last thing I knew we had was some T-shirts. We had some cups. We had some koozies, all say Raider Nation Radio 920, and we had some uh, hand sanitizer. I knew about all that. But this is a bottle opener that looks like a football, but it has the Raider Nation Radio 920 logo on it. I love this that. Is, this is dope. Yeah, that is. That's perfect. This is pretty cool. Where did, when, who's responsible for this? Where's I Natalie? Will, I will track them down and find Where's out Natalie what's, what's at, going man? on. Where's Natalie at, man? I'm going to go ahead and say that Natalie was in charge of that. I don't, I don't have to be a betting man to know that Natalie must have been on char in charge of that. That's awesome. Those are fantastic, man. you got to get these while they're hot. Someone's going to grab these quick. So there you go. Some of the cool prizes that we have uh, here at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern in Henderson. Come on by, hang out with us. And, uh, again, we got a big-time show lined up for you. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do this afternoon up until 5 o'clock. Again, Christopher Price will join us in a matter of minutes. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Tyler Dragon from USA Today Sports. And then Patty Davidson will be in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And uh, she'll be talking about her Bet Money Honey podcast that comes up at 4.30. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. And what better way to get into the opening drive than get the final preview for the next opponent on the schedule for the Silver and Black, and that's the New England Patriots. And joining us now on the phone lines is Chris Price, Boston Globe Sports and Patriots Report on Believe Podcast Network. And Chris, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you on this Friday. And before we really get into the, the nuts and bolts of the Patriots, they've got seven guys that they listed out on the injury report today. I mean, that is a massive amount of guys. This sounds like a real banged-up unit coming to Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, and we're not even talking about guys who are on injured reserve like Christian Gonzalez. It is. They've had a really lousy run of luck when it comes to health this year. You know, along the offensive line, they've had trouble keeping guys healthy ever since the start of training camp. Right guard, or I'm sorry, left guard Cole Strange went down the first day of padded practices, and it's just been kind of downhill ever since then for that offensive line. And so, yeah, they're coming into this game really banged up on, on both sides of the ball. The, the one good thing you can point to, the defense is a little healthier than the offense at this point. And I think the defense has been, you know, if you want to look at a strong suit for this team, it's been the defense. Even after losing Gonzalez and Judon, they're still keeping this team relatively, and I'm putting my quote fingers here, relatively <laughs> competitive. It's the offense that needs to really pick things up. Yeah, speaking of that offense, what is kind of the mood around those guys and even the team as, you know, obviously they're coming off of two bad performances where they've only scored three points in the last two games? 
lousy. It's absolutely lousy, Q. I, I have, I've covered this team for 19 years. I have never seen a game like the one I saw last weekend against the Saints. There, there was just a, a mixture from the fans of anger and disbelief at just the level of inability to convert, you know, inability to execute. On the offensive side of the ball, honestly, a lot of it, man, starts with the offensive line and the struggles that they've had this year, you know. But you can also look at Mac Jones. And I'm firmly in the camp that, you know, the quarterback position is completely unique in the National Football League. And at some point in your career as a quarterback, you're going to have to put everything on your shoulders. You're going to have to overcome adversity, allow the offensive line, a bad running game, you know, targets not able to, to, to catch the football. Mac hasn't been able to do any of that over the course of the last year plus. And, and so I think that's one of the reasons why he's getting a lot of heat up here. But yeah, I mean, ultimately answer your question, the, the offense, there is a real level of concern about the offense and whether or not it can you know score points with any regularity. With everything you just said about Mac Jones, he's been sat down the past two weeks. And look, I don't blame him for sitting him down. I mean, they were getting blown out. But how much heat is on him to have a performance where he can get through all four quarters? There's a lot. There, there really is a lot right now. And again, like I said before, it's not all on his shoulders. The offensive line, there's no sense of continuity. You know, they're, they're running five different guys out there on, on a fairly particular basis. Uh, you know, the running game has struggled as a result, and I think the passing game has struggled as a result as well. But, yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to the quarterback. Look, I'm not saying anything new here. Teams rise and fall on the success yeah. or failure of their quarterbacks in this league, and that's really the case here with New England. They haven't been able to get anything at all since the first two games. He played pretty well the first two games against the Eagles and the Dolphins, and they were in, the, in those games in the last, you know, until the last couple of minutes. But ever since then, He's just hit a wall, and he really needs to. You know, this is this is three straight make or break games now for Mac Jones in the New England offense specifically. Again, we're talking with Chris Price from the Boston Globe and also Patriots Report on, Patriots Report on the Believe Podcast Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So for this game, as you know, everyone's talking about the struggles of the offense and Bill Belichick as he lost his fastball. What kind of you know changes or what kind of surprises do you expect to see from Belichick, who we know is not going to just lay down and take that? Yeah, I, I think the level of familiarity with a lot of the Raiders helps when it comes to game planning. And obviously, look, it's a two-way street when it comes to something like that. But you want to talk about a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, he was nurtured by Bill Belichick. And so he, you know, Bill knows you know, the, the, the strengths and the weaknesses, really, when it comes to you know trying to defend Jimmy. So I think they're going to try and roll out some stuff that might throw him off a little bit. But the other thing, too, we, we talked about the level of the offense. The, the, one of the things that kept them in games last year they had the highest-scoring defense in the league. They had yeah. seven defensive touchdowns. That was a league high last year. Kyle Duggar had three touchdowns on his own. They haven't done any of that this year. They have one takeaway in the mm. whole the whole season. And so they need to be able to do that. And I think that this feels like I hesitate to use the phrase get-right game for a team that's 1-4 and four and has had so many offensive struggles. But, yeah. you know, you look at the defensive matchups, and you can kind of see – Hey, look, the Patriots, they have a winnable matchup here. Jabril Peppers has been playing really well. You know, uh, Dietrich Wise has been playing really well this year. Juwan Bentley's been playing well. You have some individual performances on the defensive side of the ball that might make you think, okay, you know, they could do some stuff here against a quarterback that Bill knows pretty well. 
Yeah, and a quarterback that's turned the ball over quite a bit. I'm actually surprised that Jimmy's had as many interceptions as he has, but uh, that's the situation there. How much uh, do you think that, you know, not creating any turnovers is the reason why they went out and got J.C. Jackson? I know Christian Gonzalez is out, but uh, J.C. Jackson is a guy that's good at getting his hands on the ball. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. I, I agree completely. Look, you know, I think that it, it was the initial impetus may have been the loss of Gonzalez, and they needed a really competitive cornerback there. Um, but at the same time, you know, they need to be able to force some turnovers. Again, only one takeaway this season, and that was by Gonzalez, you know, in the, yeah. I think it's the game two against the Dolphins. So that was one of the things that kept them competitive last year and kept them in a lot of games that they really had no, you know, no chance of being in. You know, they, they had a defense that could score, that could set, them, set the offense up with short fields. That's the other aspect of this, too, that, you know, maybe they didn't necessarily score all the time, but they put the offense in the opposing team's territory. They set them up for success, and we're just not seeing it this year. The hope is that J.C. Jackson and you know Jonathan Jones is back again in the lineup, that, that those guys can start to create some turnovers and make things a little bit easier for the offense. How much does the run game play a factor for the Patriots? Like, How much do they need to get Ramondre Stevenson going? When this offense is at its best, or has been at its best this year, when they've had flashes of success, they've had success because they've been successful in play action. And that starts with being able to run the ball consistently. Zeke Elliott, uh, Rolandre Stevenson, earlier in the year, they were able to run the ball, they were able to generate positive yardage, and then they were able to build play action off of that. And that's when Mack was able to take some shots downfield. He had Farrell Brown for a touchdown against the Jets. Kendrick Bourne had a couple of touchdown catches earlier this year. That is the key to unlock this offense. I firmly believe it. If they can get the run game going, then they can build play action, and then they can start to take some shots downfield to make opposing defenses a little bit uncomfortable. But, yeah, you, know, you want to run the ball. You want to run it consistently, and Stevenson just hasn't been able to do it this year. This is the guy who ran for over 1,000 yards last season, and he's really just had trouble kind of getting out of neutral over the course of the first few games this year. Yeah, it's so it's so funny. I almost forget that Zeke Elliott is a Patriot. I'm just so used to seeing that star <laughs> on the side of his helmet. How has he been kind of used? Because I know Stevenson is the guy. So how, what's what's Zeke Elliott's role been so far? They've really split carries for the most part. I, I can't tell you off the top of my head how the numbers break down, but you know, I, I don't think one has been used more than the other. At least you know, in, in, in my recollection, yeah. the really one of the really interesting setups that they featured on you know time to time. The Patriots don't have a full time fullback anymore after a number of years, and they have this pony formation where they put them both back there, and Zeke is the lead back, and he's kind of more of a fullback. And so they they like to kind of try some different things with him. They like to kind of shake it up a little bit. I'll tell you what, he, he he ran pretty well against the Jets. You know, when when they had that that one game where the offense was kind of moving the football a little bit. It was Zeke Elliott, and it wasn't Ramondre Stevenson. So I think ultimately when you talk about the Patriots running game, Bill loves to go with a guy who has a hot hand. And probably right now that's a little bit more Zeke than it is Ramondre. Chris Price, Boston Globe, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Pats and Raiders. They play on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Wanted to ask you about the offensive line. You mentioned them, how they have you know struggled a little bit. What, what is the plan, or what do you think the game plan is to try to slow down uh, 98, Max Crosby? It put as many guys over there as possible. The <laughs> one guy who, who, who jumps to mind initially is really Farrell Brown, who is, in my mind, a, a tight end and a tackled body. You know, he's a big guy. He's a physical guy. And, again, they, they've had success when he's been on the field. Uh, he is the guy who I think sets up to be the best blocking 
pure blocking tight end that the Patriots have. Look, Hunter Henry's a pretty complete player, and maybe Mac Jones is most consistent target in the passing game, so I don't necessarily know if you want him in for match protect situations. Uh, Mike, I think he's much more of a pass catcher than he's a blocker. So if you have to stick an extra guy over there, it's going to be Farrell Brown. If the Patriots lose this game, what will the conversation be on Monday? <laughs> when do the Red Sox report for, for spring training? That's what the conversation is going to be like on Monday. Uh, how much know, will who, how, who do the Celtics open with later this month? That's right. How much will be about Bill Belichick? I think some will be about Bill Belichick, too, but I, I think ultimately when uh, they're not going to fire him this year, right. this season. I mean, they're not going to make a move. I firmly believe that they're not going to make a move on him this season. Uh, the, the big conversation, regardless of how this season shakes out, is going to come in the offseason between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. And I can see one feasible scenario being Robert says, look, we need to get you a GM. The job is too much, you know, even for the the best coaches out there, we're starting to see more of a differentiation in power between the coach and the GM. Let's put our heads together and come up with a guy that we can both agree with who would be an ideal GM, who would have personnel say, who would, you know, report to both the owner and the coach and and kind of take that off of Bill's plate. Now, if Bill is amenable to that, then I think that there's a real chance that he moves forward with this team and, you know, they go into next season. Look, you know, the way things are going right now, they're going to have a top 10 pick and they have a ton of cap space. They figured they have a ton of cap space for 2024. Uh, if Bill doesn't like that idea, then I think that is going to be the first conversation in a series of larger conversations about his future in New England. So, final question for you. They have a top 10 pick, and, and it's tough to talk about draft in October, but they have a top 10 pack. If they end up with a top five pick, is it a quarterback that they select, or do you think they have a couple different ways they can go? Boy, you know, you would think it would be a quarterback. You know, if, if you have a shot at someone like a Bo Nix or a Caleb Williams, you know, I know that they have uncertain futures. At least Caleb Williams has an uncertain future, you know, when, when you talk about next season. But if you have a shot at a guy like that, I don't see how you can't, you know, take a shot at him. You know, right. with, the, with the idea that, that he would come in and push Mac and eventually, you know, take over the role probably sooner rather than later. But, look, it, it's, it's the, the rest of the season is really going it, to – it's funny. I talk about this – we talked about this in the Patriots report with Chris Hogan. He was like, look, this film – is going to follow Mac around the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. It, 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 this season, people are going to look at this and how he responds for this. And, and he could set himself up for success. Look, there's still time this year yeah. to turn this thing around. But if they finish, I don't know, 5-12, and 12, and he's the quarterback the rest of the year, he's looking at a career backup role. You know, he's right. looking at being Sam Darnold. You know, and, and the Patriots have to move on from that. Whether that's going to be, I don't think it's going to be Bailey Zappi, maybe, you know, Will Greer. They have in here as a third quarterback, the guy who I still love. Bill talked a little bit about it today. And I apologize for going too far afield on this, but is Malik Cunningham, the undrafted mm. free agent, kid out yeah. of Louisville, who showed a lot in the preseason. They're not talking about flipping the keys to him and naming him the starter, but I think he would be an intriguing changeup guy, you know, a red zone threat. You give him a dozen plays to run. He's a really interesting possibility. So he may be in the conversation down the road. But, yeah, look, this is, this is you know, this, the few games in the rest of the season are going to set up Mac Jones for what he's going to be for the rest of his career. You know, that's a, good, uh, that's a good name. I like that little nugget that you dropped out there about Malik. That's someone to pay attention to. Final, final question for you for real this time. Uh, you know, they, they've got Mac Jones, right? And I know that Josh McDaniels loves him. And I'm not saying that, you know, the Raiders or any Raider fan are saying, go get Mac Jones. But do you think the Patriots would call the Raiders and call Dave Ziegler and say, hey, 
You guys had success with this uh, with this guy. Do you want him and try to flip him to the Raiders? Yeah, yeah, of course, of, of course. I mean, look, you know, over the two plus years that Max been in the league, the one guy who, who's been able to unlock is Josh. Yeah, you know, and, and he's not. He doesn't have overwhelming. He didn't have overwhelming numbers, but you know, he was certainly better as a rookie. And maybe part of that was just he was still kind of an unknown guy, but he was certainly better as a rookie than he's been the last few years. Right. And Josh is the the one thread there that you can pull on and say, hey, this might work here. You know, if you put him in the right system, you get the right guys around him. And, you know, <laughs> so, look, I, I I think they would make the call. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. No, I, I think so, too. And, again, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not saying that that's what I want them to do. I'm just – it's just mm-hmm. interesting and intriguing just trying to connect the dots there because it, it's a real yep. possibility that he could be, you know, not around New England much longer. Well, Chris, fantastic stuff, man. What are you working on, uh, either the Boston Globe or the Patriots report, that we should be on the lookout for? I am hopping on a plane first thing tomorrow morning to come out to your fair city to cover nice. this game. So I'm looking for an ending. Can can we can we figure out an ending half as interesting as last year's ending was? Yeah, yeah. Good luck at that. You can't write that story. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. That was wild. And Jacoby Myers is now playing for the Raiders. So maybe uh, you know, as long as he doesn't throw the ball backwards, it should be all good. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, well, have a safe flight, my man. I definitely appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you in the press box. My pleasure. Take care. All right, my man. There he goes. Great stuff. Chris Price, Boston Globe Sports, Patriots Report on the Believe Podcast Network, and with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I had to ask the question about Mac Jones just because you know the Mac Jones and and Josh McDaniels ties. Uh, Again, I'm not advocating for it at all, (laughs) right? I I don't think there's any reason for that, but – you never know how these things go. You never know how the quarterback carousel rolls in the NFL. 2.25 is the time. We are here at Buffalo Wild Wings in Henderson, right here on Eastern. You can't miss us. Come on by. We've got all kind of prizes, including this awesome bottle opener that has Raider Nation Radio 920 logo right there on it. It's a football. I just discovered this. I don't know how and where it came from. I'm going to get to the bottom of this at some point. Not right now. I'll figure it out. But we got these for you, not me, even though one might go home with me. I'm just saying. 225 is the time. We'll come back. Uh, get your calls. Get your texts. Get into uh, a couple topics here on the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. I think it's coming. You know, got Michael Mayer involved, got Hooper the ball, got Trey Tucker the ball. You know, DeAndre Carter made a big play on fourth down. So we're trying to, you know, involve all of our skill players. We've got a lot of confidence in them. I think we got to finish in the red zone. We've had two drives that we finished. we got to finish the third one. You know, we got to keep taking care of the football. Eventually, when we do all those things right, I think we're all going to be happy with the result. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Josh McDaniels right there. He was with JT the Brick, had their weekly conversation, and was talking about getting everybody involved. And you started to see a little bit, a little something-something from Michael Mayer as he got involved early in Monday night's game against Green Bay. Would love to see that continue to evolve 
he's got to be a factor in this offense, but there's a lot of different players that need to be factors in the offense outside of Devontae, outside of J, uh, uh, Jacoby. You know, I almost called him JT. JT's like, I ain't playing, <laughs> right? He's playing as many snaps as I'm playing. But, no, uh, Devontae, Jacoby, those are the one-two punch. You know that, but, you know, let us see Hunter get involved. It's the same song and dance that we talk about, right? Let us see Hunter involved. Love to see the guys that have the speed involved, like DeAndre Carter, Trey Tucker. Would love to see all those guys get involved. And, of course, Michael Mayer as well. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Henderson. Uh, got some great prizes to give out here, including this great bottle opener that I just discovered as I sat down here today. I just tweeted a picture of it out at r 920 AM at your boy Q254 so you can check it out. And a lot of people have been chiming in about it already. Matter of fact, got a text from the 707 on our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187 keyword r Man, I'm in the Bay Area. How do we get a hold of these bottle openers if we can't get to Nevada anytime soon? That's a great question. I'm going to come up with something. I don't have the great answer right now, but I'm going to come up with something. If we just have to... Do a, like, one day, I don't know, maybe next week or something like that. We'll do something on the show. We won't tell nobody else about it. We'll keep it amongst ourselves here on the radio, you know, because that's what it is, right? It's a little private conversation that we're having. It's kind of like, you know, being in the locker room and you say something and then the media member says it out loud. They're like, that wasn't supposed to get out of the locker room. Of course it is. What are you talking about? No, but uh, really, maybe sometime next week we'll figure out something where we can, uh, you know, get some names or whatever and maybe roll out, you know, 20, 25 of them or something like that, just just to have some fun with it. I think these are really cool, and I think Raider Nation would love to have them. And as I put on the tweet that I, when I sent it out, these are definitely game day necessary, right? You need your bottle opener for game day, right? You got to have your bottle opener for game day. I mean, this thing, Ari, like I have it in my hand right now, and it's the shape of a football, but it fits so perfectly in my hand. So I can easily just go grab a bottle and boop. Pop that thing open. I've seen you tossing it up, and it looks like you're having a blast with it. <laughs> yeah, this thing is cool. And then I got the little baseball, too. And so I got the Buffalo Wild Wings baseball, and I guess I'm easily amused. I guess that's, <laughs> a, I guess that's the story of, of, of my life, right, being easily amused. Oh, give the kid a ball. He'll have fun for hours. It's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I was the only child, so <laughs> I, was the only guy, I was the only guy that could play a football game by myself. I, I figured that out. <laughs> that's why you can talk so much. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I used to have conversations. I think I still have conversations with myself. Yeah, I think so too. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what the thing is, though, when you have conversations with yourself, people think that's a sign of like, oh man, you got a problem. No, no. If you have a conversation with yourself, that's a sign of genius. I have and, heard that before. And this, no, but this is why. This is why you plan things out. And so a lot of, a lot of times, like say I got to go into Natalie's office, and I know that you know the conversation is going to be you know. A little sideways because something might have gone wrong. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Then I'm going to respond to what I think she's going to say. And then I'm going to have a rebuttal in what I'm going to say. And then I'm going to also respond to what I think she's going to say. And then I'm going to go back and forth until I make it make sense for me. Right? Yes. And maybe, maybe using my boss's name was probably a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> so maybe somebody else. <laughs> I, <But> that, <laughs> I saw her five minutes ago. She wasn't in the car listening. So I think you're in the clear. Okay, good. Good, I, good, I good, good speak deal. for the last five minutes. Please. Right, exactly. The, <laughs> the five minutes that she catches is the one where I'm trying to tell right. her how the, how the game plan is when we're talking. You know, I turn on the radio. And right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how our meetings at 11 o'clock start. You know, no, just kidding. But, no, that's a sign of genius, man. If you have conversations with yourself and you figure things out. Now, the, sign, the time it goes sideways when it gets crazy is when you have a conversation with yourself and then you start arguing and you lose the argument. Now, if you lose the argument that you're having with yourself, now there's a problem. I have never lost an argument with myself. The minute that I lose an argument with myself is the minute that I'm, I'm, ca- I'm tapping out. You know what they say when you're up and you need to just go ahead and cash out? Yeah, if I ever lose an argument with myself, I'm just cashing out. Whatever I got, whatever chips are left on the table, I'm taking them with me. Just it. 
I think Done. your subconscious would agree that that's a good strategy. <laughs> it would say so. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're doing here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Clearly we're having a good time because that's what we do. Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Again, I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern in Henderson. Uh, many thanks to Chris Price who joined us in the last segment, the opening drive to get us uh, our final little uh, update on the Patriots. thought he was fantastic and gives you a good idea of what this uh, team is going to be bringing to Allegiant Stadium. And it sounds like the defense is still something to pay attention to, right? But the offense, we know, is, is on the struggle bus, and it sounds like if the, the Raiders can slow down the run game and kind of make Mac Jones not trust what he's seen, it could be a good day at the office for the Raiders. But, you know, just as Chris said, they're looking at this game as a get-right game, and why shouldn't they, right? The Raiders haven't proven that they're not the get-right team. I believe that their defense is playing better. I believe their defense will make some plays, but – They've got to prove that they can win the games that you're supposed to win and then maybe surprise you in a couple games here or there throughout the course of the season. That's what they have to do. So with that being said, want to go ahead and throw a couple topics out there at the 69187 keyword R&R and, of course, 702-365-9200. What will it take for the Raiders to get the win on Sunday? Super simple. Super simple. Matter of fact, both topics are super simple. What is it going to take, in your opinion, for the Raiders to get a win on Sunday, that'll be the second in a row. That'll be the first streak of 2023, and I think that that's important. I know it sounds lame. Oh, it's just two wins in a row. It's a streak. No, but they need to establish winning, especially at home, especially at home. It's something that they need to do. Start establishing a winning culture at the house, at Allegiant Stadium. And then the second question, who is it that we're going to be talking about the most on Monday? And the reason I brought this up is because something I said on my podcast, uh, and I always do keys to victory on, on, like, Fridays, or if it's a Monday game, I'll do it on Monday, or if it's a Thursday game, I'll do it on Wednesday. My prediction for this game, and I, I'll tell you right now, I predict the Raiders' victory, I, and I said it on the podcast when I did the crossover edition earlier this week. I think they win 21-14. Really, it might even be closer. It might be, like, 21-17. You know, I feel like it's going to be a pretty close game. I have the Raiders winning the game. But my prediction, I'm going to go out there and act like I'm going to see into the future – I feel like on Monday we're going to be talking about Tyree Wilson. I believe that we're going to see the first sack from Tyree Wilson this, this upcoming Sunday. I don't know how he's going to get it. I don't know who he's going to be going up against, but I just think that Tyree Wilson is going to get his first sack in his NFL career on Sunday. So I think we're going to be talking about him. I think when we hand out game balls, if everything goes the way I think it goes in my mind, we're going to hand out a game ball to Tyree Wilson and say, job well done, young man. That's, that's, just, that's, that's why I threw the question out, who are we going to be talking about on Monday? Because I believe the player that we're going to talk about is Tyree Wilson. And what I think it was going to take for the Raiders to get the win on Sunday, now that's a whole other story. I'm going to start with the defense because I think that's what matters. I think the defense is really what matters, especially going up against a Patriots team that has only scored three points in the last two games. They've gone 34 offensive drives in a row with no touchdowns. The defense has got to get pressure on Mac Jones. He's playing skittish right now. He's been benched the last two games. He's turning the ball over. Four picks and a fumble the last two games. Four INTs and a fumble the last two games. The Raiders have to make him uncomfortable. Don't let him sit back in the pocket and just pick you apart and just start throwing the ball around the yard, get comfortable. Don't let him all of a sudden be like, wait a minute, hold on, I'm a national champion. I was a first-round pick. I'm yada, yada, yada. Don't let him do that. Let him play like the guy who's played the last two weeks who got benched. That's going to that's gonna be up to Max Crosby. That's going to be up to Bilal Nichols. That's going to be up to Tyree Wilson. That's going to be up to everyone that's getting after the quarterback. Jenkins, whoever, whoever it is, Malcolm Kuntz, maybe, uh, maybe Spillane is on a blitz, maybe Diablo's on a blitz, maybe Amik's on a blitz, whatever. 
it's, it's up to the Raiders' defense to make Mac Jones uncomfortable. That is one of the biggest keys. And now that they've gotten a little taste of, of creating turnovers, now they need to go out there with that swagger to expect turnovers. I know they're not going to come every game. That would be foolish to believe that it would. But they've got to go out there with that attitude that we're going to create turnovers every game. You know who thinks that they're going to get turnovers every game? The Niners. You know who thinks they're going to get turnovers every game? The Cowboys. You know who thinks they're going to get turnovers every, every game? Good teams. They expect it. Now, again, you're not always going to get them, but you expect it. It's just like when I take, take, the, take the show over, grab the mic. I expect a fantastic show. I don't always work out that way, right? It doesn't. Sometimes, you know, it's just one of those I just chalk up and say it's my bad. But the expectations are always there for it to be great. Greatness is expected every single time. Well, the Raiders' defense needs to go out and expect to create turnovers, and they need to expect to create turnovers every single time. And then stopping the run. Stopping the run is going to be huge for the Raiders' defense. They've got to be able to make sure Ramondre Stevenson and also Zeke Elliott, and I always forget that Zeke's even on the Patriots, gets going. Offensively, Jimmy's got to protect the ball. Simple, right? I talked about Mac Jones and his turnovers. Jimmy's got to protect the ball. Stop turning that thing over, man. It's seven turnovers in, 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 in four games, seven interceptions in four games. It's unacceptable. Pound the rock. Looks like they're getting a little bit of love. You know, looks like Jacobs is starting to get going. I'm not saying he's going to get 100 yards, but you've got to pound the rock. You've got to. The offensive line's got to be better. What does Lincoln Kennedy always say? Communicate and protect. Communicate and protect. It's that simple. And then overall, man, the Raiders just have to take advantage of a team that's down. This is a game that the Raiders should win. And I don't shoulda, woulda, coulda, I know it doesn't get it done. But it's a game that they should win. And so what's up, Doc? You doing, what are you going to do? Are you going to do handshakes? Are we going to do fist bump? What are we doing? All right, well, come on, give me both then. Jason just walked in and tried to throw me off, man. He tried to walk in and try to give me a fist bump. Then he gave me a handshake. Then he got me caught in midair. Like, come on, man. What are we doing? <laughs> anyway, my man Jason's in the building too. So that's what I got for you. So what do you have for me? 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. The text from the 702. I think we'll be talking about the quarterback position. Does Jimmy still struggle to lead our offense, or does he finally show life? Does he show why Josh McDaniels handpicked him to lead this team? That's the text from the 702. I like that. Appreciate that. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to a guy who's always fired up. Passionate Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q, man? Here we go. It's Friday. And here we go, Sunday game day, baby. And we got the Patriots coming to town. And we know how we feel about the Patriots, Q. And we got the offense over there is obliterated right now. We got Matt Jones, and we got Tyree Wilson without a sack on the defense. This is the weekend that this young man needs to come out and eat. There's no more talking about, oh, he needs to well, 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 warm up, blah, 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 blah. No. End of it. Warm-up time starts on Sunday when you walk on that field, Tyree, and let us feel the presence of coming to Raider Nation and laying that quarterback down at least three times, my man. Three times is what I want you to touch that man up. But you know what, Stu? I've been thinking about this offense. I've been thinking about Josh, and I feel bad. I I still don't really – he's not my choice as a coach, but I see his vision, man. He wants to run the ball and then go off of that. Jimmy's not a passer, man. So until we can get running this ball, I don't think we're going to get what we need Jimmy G to do because he's not a Derek Carr type of quarterback. He's not a sit-in-the-pocket throw the ball type of quarterback. He's always been the quick handoff, play off the play action. So if we can get this offensive line to continue doing 
what we've seen them begin to do on Sunday in the second half, I think this game will open up. We don't know what's going on with Hunter. Nobody knows. But gosh dang it, man, I just want to see the man get some burn, man, because he can break some ankles. We've seen it done. Bring the heat. But I think it's all going to come off of can we get this running game going from the jump? We get that running game going. I think it's going to get the defense going. I think we're going to see Mad Max bouncing around again. And I just want to see Tyree Wilson get baptized in the black hole. Give us three, Tyree, and have Bill walking out of there with his head down. Hi, if you hear me. Let's go. Come on, Q. There goes Passionate Raider right there, showing all the passion, fired up right there. That's a Look, I said we are going to be talking about Tyree Wilson on Monday. I didn't know we were going to be talking about three sacks from Tyree Wilson. That's a tall task right there. But, look, hey, if you're going to aim high, aim high, right? I just think that he gets his first sack on Sunday. I really do. The offensive line for the Patriots is not exactly where it needs to be. They've got a lot of uh, injuries. I think Max Crosby is going to really have an opportunity to go off. And with all the extra attention that they're going to put on Max, I just think that Tyree is finally going to break through and get one sack. That, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for one. I'm not, I'm not trying to get greedy and go for three. But, hey, if he gets three, that would be great as well. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r I see you, Raider Tone. We'll definitely get to you on the other side, plus a couple more texts, and uh, we'll close out hour number one live from Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern and Henderson with Raider Nation Radio 920. Brothers under center. He's got Patrick Taylor behind him. Play action again. Eyes downfield. Over the middle. Batted up in the air. Picked off Spillane. His second interception of the night. And he's tackled at the 42-yard line. Amik Robertson got his hand on the football to bat it up in the air. And Robert Spillane was in the right place at the right time. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at Buffalo Wild Wings with your boy Q. Robert Spillane went into Monday night with one career interception. He left with three after picking off two on Monday night off of Jordan Love. Uh, really good to see from Spillane, who is a football player's football player, man. That is a guy that gets after it in a major way, and uh, he's fun. He is fun to talk to. He's fun to watch, and you can just tell that what he brings to the table as far as a football player on the field, but also I believe he's a big-time leader in that locker room as well, trying to keep everyone's mind right when it comes to what they need to do on the field. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings here in Henderson on Eastern and uh, got a lot of Raider Nation already in the building. My man Vegas just came back and came by and made sure that he got his hands on one of these Raider Nation Radio 920 bottle openers. My man Elvis is in the building. Jason's in the building. Vice Raider's in the building. We're doing it real big here hanging out. Michelle stopped by. Man, it don't get no better when Michelle makes an appearance. When Michelle comes in the house, then you know that it's serious. You know what I mean? Like, She's making sure on a Friday that she knows what time it is, that the party is really going down in a major way. So that's what we're doing. But uh, we also want to hear from you, 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Let's go out to Modesto, California, the 209. Raider Tone, welcome to the show. Hey, hey Q, man, how you doing, brother? Hey, man, I got, I'm blessed. I, I, forgot to tell, uh, I, I forgot to tell you, I got a chance to meet you at the Steeler game, man. Um, I was checking out your swag. I wasn't checking you out, but I was checking out your swag, man. Everybody was, was mobbing on you, man. You're, you're a popular figure up there by the torch, man. So it was, it was really cool to meet you up there. Hey, um, you had an interview last week, too, with Amik, man. I thought, you, I thought it was really good, hard foul, where he said he loved the game. It's good for him to get that pick. Um, I, had, I had kind of an off-the-wall question. Um, 
that Packer Raider game, I wasn't there. Um, how how was the crowd as far as the noise? Were we getting the Raider crowd in that game um, that night? Um, it was it was a lot of Packer noise, but there was a lot of Raider noise as well. I mean, I guess that's a hard way to describe it. But there was a lot of green and, and gold in the building, and, and they were they were loud. They were, but. Uh, Raider Nation was loud as well, and when, when the Raiders really needed Raider Nation to be loud, they were. And when Amit got that interception to seal the deal, the place erupted. So uh, <laughs> the Packer fans got quiet real quick, and Raider Nation went crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Sunday. Hey, um, one other thing, this is another one way off the, off the, off the rails, but it's football-related. Who's playing better right now, uh, Russell Wilson, who should have two Lombardis, or Jimmy G? Oh, boy, neither one of them was playing good. I think Jimmy's playing well. I mean, Russell played terrible last night. He looked awful. He had 95 yards passing, right? But the whole Broncos team is bad. Uh, they're both playing bad. <laughs> I know that's a cop-out answer, but they're both playing bad right now. Let's put it like that. <laughs> if, if, if Russell gets cut in some real crazy way, things work out down the road, who I wanted Russell a couple years ago, I know he's, he's not the same guy. Would you take a shot at him if, if we could work on a draft pick for a quarterback or you AOC kind of working? Would you take a shot at Russell? No, I think Russell's cooked. I think Russell. I think his okay. best days are in Seattle. I think his best days are at the goal line when he threw that interception against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. All right, thanks, Q, man. You have a good weekend. Enjoy the game Sunday, brother. All right, man. I appreciate you. Great call. Great call. Definitely appreciate you. And you can do the same as Raider Tone right there in Modesto, hitting us up, 702-365-9200. And the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187-keyword-R&R. Matter of fact, this one comes from the 707. I got a feeling we'll be talking about the O-line following the game for better or for worse. That has been the weak link, and I blame partly uh, for the interceptions. There's just no time back there in the pocket for even a one-step drop. And, yeah, man, you don't want to – the offensive line is never the, the, the unit that wants to be talked about, period. <laughs> right? I mean, when you're not talking about the offensive line, that means that things are going well. When you are talking about the offensive line, things are going bad. That's just that's kind of the that's kind of the name of the game. So uh, you're right, man. It could be either way. Uh, I'm hoping that we're talking about the offensive line because they had a much better day than what they've been having. Right? They started out the season. The first couple games it was all right, but the last couple games has been it's been a rough deal. So that could be something we're talking about. We could be talking about the offensive line. Thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you, Glenn in San Jose. The 408 represents. Say what up, Q? What's up, Ari? O-line needs to hold their blocks and keep Jimmy G upright and thus free up Michael Mayer to be more involved in the passing game. The one we'll be talking about Monday is Jacoby Myers. I can see him getting at least eight catches and two touchdowns. Time for three for three and feel better about the season. That's Glenn in San Jose, and that's a big deal. Again, I've said it multiple times. There's a big, huge difference between three and three and two and four. I know it don't sound like it's a big difference, but it is. It's a big difference in that locker room. It's a big difference on the mindset and their approach to the rest of the season. If you're 3-3, three and three, you're basically squared up at, okay, we got through the preseason, got through the first six games, squared up. Now, all right, there's a handful of games left. See what you got. That's basically what it is. If you're in the locker room, that's exactly what you're saying. All right, we still have a chance at this thing. If you're at 2-4, and four, you're thinking, damn, we ain't much better than the Broncos. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just, that's just the reality of it. You don't want to say that you're barely – better than the Denver Broncos because as you saw what they did on Thursday night football man they're barely showing up for the party it literally feels like Sean Payton is doing the best tank job disguised tank job he could possibly do it looks like he don't want nothing to do with winning in games to the point where we're seeing his play calls we're seeing his play sheet on the on the broadcast hell I think I'm a play caller now because I sell the play sheet matter of fact I got to go back to my favorite call what is it hold on I got to get it again see I don't even know these calls 
quail something? No, it's, yeah, it is quail. You're right. Yep. Uh, nudge double quail. I can, I can call it out. I, can, I Look, I got enough bass in my voice to call it out. I just don't know how to execute it. Nudge double quail. I, I think nudge is kind of funny, too. It sounds kind of funny. It's, it's not quite nugs, but it sounds kind of like nugs, right? Yeah, like I want to say nugs. Nugs double quail or quail double nugs. <laughs> That's my own play call. <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Yeah, when, when Vegas Jess pushes off in, on the small of my back and I fall into the ground like it's happened before, I wake up and say, Nugs double quail. Nugs double quail. <laughs> Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He joins us. Kickoff hour number two of the show. It's Red Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com.